You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We've come into the second hour of our show. If for some reason we've lowered the cameras, probably not the cameras, the blinds, probably because of the glare. Uh, we don't have cameras. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> I love the scene that I'm looking at right now. I think I'm like, wait, why praise the Lord? You know, it'd be cool if we had cameras. Like, well, No, because then see me coming in here with my unbrushed hair and my unlined shirt and... <laughs> And your jam spread bagels <laughs> yeah, that are right yeah, there. Yeah, my pot oh, of jam. some fresh bagels. You must have recently went to Costco, right? Yes, ma'am. Oh. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to have another clue for the quiz. Yes, what number am I? This is going to be making it a lot easier. It's the number of years the Israelites ate manna. Yep. Yeah. The number of years that the Israelites ate manna. I'm so curious about manna. I just want I just want to taste it. It's so it's like a wafer. So I always think honey. of it like like a vanilla wafer. Yeah, like a honey vanilla wafer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Must, and I love wafers and I love honey. Yeah, did you know delicious. that the um the the teen the Arnott's Tina wafers, you know the classic ones mm-hmm. you'd take to school. You know they're vegan? Really? No eggs, no milk. Oh, you must be so happy. Oy, yeah, I am. Accidental vegan I'm stuff. Ha- I'm happy to <laughs> enable my diabetes because they are full of sugar. sugar. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, all, like, they are awesome. Like, like a crisp piece of sugar. That is because, okay, so growing up, you know, there's a spectrum of, of, of families and what they feed their kids at mm-hmm, school. And mm-hmm. we were firmly in the camp. I think from up until I was about 12, like once I got into high school, then it, my parents would just give me money and then I would like buy stuff from the oh. can. I'd buy sandwiches or whatever from the canteen. Mm-hmm. But our school snacks going were like the most basic, like we always took the healthy option. It would be like a yogurt or something like that, you know, whereas like kids would be bringing like Tina wafers and, uh-huh. and all this cool stuff to school. I'm, I was like, that's incredible. That's insane. <laughs> I'm like, I have, I have, uh, what is it? Um, Salatas. Like the, oh, the yeah, white yeah, yeah, crackers, yeah. a saladas with peanut butter on it. And, <laughs> and they've got wafers, you know, but, but it's good because then we could be healthy. Yeah. I think like for all of my family, none of us have a particularly fast metabolism. So we needed to be on that health thing to just yeah, like my mom not be obese. Eat, my mum wouldn't let us eat sugar. Actually, some sometimes she wavered and she would let us eat sugar. And the interesting thing is now um, you can look back at my brother and my's um, school reports and you can see very clearly which years – she didn't let us eat sugar in which years she did because we never like studied harder or, 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 or less, but you can tell just the effects of the really? sugar in her brain. Yeah. When, the years when she was stricter and she wouldn't let us touch sugar, uh, straight A grades, uh-huh. like without even trying. Uh-huh. And then the years where she was a little more relaxed with our diets and let us, you know, have stuff at parties, that kind of thing, our be grades slipping. dipped. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, actually, it's actually incredible. That is amazing mm-hmm. i didn't see that correspondence at all because my all of my grades dipping was a result of not being at school <laughs> well you were racing right? yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah, yeah. in my last semester of school my last semester okay mm-hmm. i had 52 days absent oh. and uh i remember it was like a month i didn't go to school for a month straight uh before this is the end of year nine mm-hmm. i was in Victoria three weekends in a row, and then I was in Darwin racing. So it was just like, bam, 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 like missed so much school. Rock up on the day of my exams, and all my classmates were like, we thought you left school. Like, we thought you, like, <laughs> let me transferred yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. Nah. And I rock up, do my exams, and I passed everything. Oh, wow. But then, because I didn't have the required amount of hours to get through, oh. they were like, 
the, the, it, go, it defers to the principal. Because if you don't have the required amount of hours, but then you also simultaneously don't meet the standards for the course, mm-hmm. like you fail your exams, say, they just kick you out. They just, or they make you repeat. They're just like, oh, you have to repeat. But for me, having passed all the exams, but having done barely any homework <laughs> and having not been there the required amount of hours... They they the, it then defers to the principal to sign off as to to oh, review you. Or not you yeah. The principal was my biggest fan. He would come and watch me race. He'd come like he'd come from in. I, I he would come to the track in Sydney and yeah. like watch me race and stuff. And and he was so into bikes. So and he signed he just and signed me hard. off. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like that's all good, Lawson. You can go, go to principal. But it's so funny because I then after that I left school when I finished year nine and I didn't do any study until I was about eighteen and I started studying the Bible and now I'm you know completing my tertiary education. So shout out for God, you know, for helping me get through. And, yeah, nice. And yeah, I, I love it. I love saying, you know, telling people about my um my my tertiary education journey because it's also it's a testimony to the goodness of God. But it's also hilarious because uh, they're just people are just perplexed. They're like, wait, you didn't go to school after year nine and you're here? <laughs> well, Jerry just texted in and says. Was the principal your uncle? No, <laughs> no, no. But he was. He that was crossed the my man. mind as well, Jerry. Narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was. He was the man. He was. He was so great, and he liked me, even though I was such a rascal. Yeah. But you know, he. Uh, it was. It was funny because in the context of school, I was a rascal. But outside of school, when we'd ha- like when I'd see him at the track, we were just like buddies. So it was. It was cool. Uh, I got a text message from Braden here. He says, "When I was going through my separation last year, going for walks and listening to the." birds and the wind was one of the best things i found to de-stress that and reading my bible oh man absolutely man there are just those times where i've i've got the word open and i'm like six verses in to a chapter and i'm just so stressed and i just get broken like i just really what i'm reading in front of me is just so heart shaking it's like Mm. it's like god is really speaking to me it's not the case of I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I need to speak to you. I need you to speak to me right now. And I flick over and, and I point my hand down the page with my eyes closed and I find the passage and I read that one verse. It's in the process of doing your daily devotions every day. I remember I was reading through the book of Acts and it was at a time in my life where I was particularly stressed and I come to Acts 16 and it was a, Acts 16 is a passage that I know quite well. It's like one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I just get to that part where the jailer breaks down. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And there's like nothing left in front of him. You know, there's the insurmountable circumstances of his life. He knows he can't scale them without the help of God. And I remember just reading that. This is while I'm, st- <laughs> is while I'm doing my studies and I was just stressed about my studies. And I'm reading this and I just start weeping. I'm like, wow, God knows what I'm going through. And the response is, you know, repent, um, come to Jesus, believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. I'm like, Jesus, you got to help me here. So yeah, God is good. Reading the Bible is incredible. Um, oh, we got a text message from uh, Chris, but it turns out that, that text, I was like, what is the context of this text message? But it was for someone else. So that, that's, that's, that's tough when you get your numbers mixed up and, uh, and you safe s- journey home, Chris. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out, Chris. Hey, you are listening to the breakfast show this morning. Oh, 
What's up? We got one more text from Suzanne. She said, Jennifer mentioned all teas having some problems. Does this include herbal teas? Um, Suzanne, I know the part you're talking about. I think Jennifer just misspoke. She was referring to all caffeinated teas. So like things like black tea, Ceylon tea, um, you know, English breakfast, Irish breakfast, uh, Earl Grey, all those caffeinated teas, they all do contain caffeine, uh, which is problematic. And um, here on Faith FM, we definitely don't recommend the consumption of any caffeine. Um, if you wanted to get the L-theanine, that's the... Um, that wonderful um, component that helps uh, calm your brain, you, we would recommend taking it in a uh, supplement form or in decaffeinated green tea, which you can find in all supermarkets. So we wouldn't recommend any kind of caffeinated tea um, or coffee. Yeah, or absolutely. Soda. So yeah, yeah. Oh. it's uh, it's much. It's actually much better for your brain to have it in a decaffeinated form. Yeah, but you still got You got to watch that sugar as well. You yeah. can chuck out caffeine, but the Sprite will get you. That's that's my life <laughs> yeah. story. The sugar in the soda is not great. So yeah. There's no L-theanine in, uh, in soda <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. or in coffee. Sprite, Sprite isn't going to do that yeah. for you. Um, Suzanne, I take uh, L-theanine tablets in a little capsule every morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I actually I actually am one of um, Jennifer's uh, clients. I'm one of her patients um, mm-hmm. since last year with my little incident there. And, um, and she recommended the L-theanine. I've been taking that, and it certainly has been wonderful um, having that uh, L-theanine in the mornings and then occasionally when I get stressed out I'll take one as well to help and it's really great um, to do in a in a program with other things that I do including uh, the other stuff that she mentioned about de-stressing your brain so yeah, yeah. I think it's a blessing as well because from from what I imagine like L-theanine is a kind of a I don't want to say quick fix necessarily mm. but then you can also address Things that contribute to stress in terms right. of your body yeah, yeah. levels, like your yeah. iron levels, your mm-hmm. B12, yeah. those kinds of things. I'm taking a B12 supplement at the moment. It is right. And I, I give, I, I deal it to Mon a little bit as well. She <laughs> takes some of my B12 and uh, you love the taste of it, don't you? It's yeah, just, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> it's like this, it's this sherbet flavored dissolvable yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, pill so and it's kind of super gross, <laughs> but but we're getting stronger because of it. Yeah. We're getting stronger. We're getting better. Our health is up. We're living our best lives, That's and we're sweet. here on the breakfast show telling you all about it. You're listening to the breakfast show. Contact us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. But let's read about a bunch of people who aren't doing that well. Uh, let's go to Revelation 17. I'm going to be reading verse 4 to 7. So far this week, we've been talking about actually Revelation 14. Uh, and we've been talking about when the Bible says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of God. And we're thinking like, wait, because this is the second angel's message. So the first angel's message in Revelation 14, which some context you have in Revelation 14, the final message for the world. We've looked at the first message of these messages. It's it's three different messages all packaged together. The three angels' messages, the final message for the world. The first one is worship God, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. We've very heavily reviewed that and seen, okay, what does it mean to give him glory? What does it mean to, to worship him? Uh, what does it mean that his hour of judgment has come? We've looked at this. Now, the next message it says Babylon is fallen, and we've been kind of profiling. Well, what is this Babylon? What does it mean to be fallen? What does it mean that it or she, as the Bible refers to it, has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication? I know that yesterday you and Lyle would have been talking about the wine of yeah, the wrath of Babylon, confusion. the the yeah, the confusion mm-hmm. that it's enabled. But it's essentially exactly the yep. false doctrine, the wine being the mechanism by which it gets people to participate in its 
confusion. And the drunkenness. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we were talking about this yesterday. Now we come to Revelation chapter 17, and we're going to be reading verses 4 to 6. I'm reading from the NKJV, and it says this. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the, of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Yeah, what a scene. Wow. What a scene. That is some head tattoo, right? Yeah, that is yeah. some face tattoo. <laughs> Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, end of the abominations of the earth. Of, of course, we know, as we've been talking about, studying the book of Revelation, that these are symbolic and these symbols represent something. So, so far, we've seen that a woman equals a church mm. or a group of religious believers. We know that a pure virgin woman is the Bible re- in the Bible represents God's people. We know we looked at in on Monday, we saw the antithesis of that, a harlot or a woman of adultery in Bible prophecy represents a, um, it represents a, a group of religious people that though they're against God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's it's an interesting you know comparison. It's like okay, why does it pick a woman specifically? Well, the imagery is that Christ is the husband. So you have one group that is faithful to Christ, you know, in their relationship. Mm-hmm. We have another group that isn't faithful to Christ in their relationship. Now, this group that isn't faithful to Christ, they're represented by this adulterous woman, and her name is Babylon, uh, and that's you know on her. On her forehead here, this this forehead tat. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Now, we're talking today about, we talked yesterday about wine, so the mechanism by which it distributes its confusion. Today, we're going to be talking about the confusion specifically. What are they confused about? What is this Babylon? That word Babylon we talked about on Monday literally means Confusion. Mm. Uh, it means to be confused. We have the word Babel of, from the Tower of Babel, but even further than that, we use it as a verb, babbling. Um, oh, that kid is babbling. That person is babbling because they're just going on about whatever. They're confused. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been in that situation where you've just been babbling or someone's been babbling? You're like, man, you need help. I feel like I do it a lot on the radio. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to say next. I'll yeah. just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, you know, we, we're, <laughs> we're, all, we're all there sometimes. <laughs> Babbling. Oh, man. I know that I I actively, when I go into conversations now, try to not babble. I think mm. you know, it's more, there's like babble and there's, it's, what's the word? It's not carrying on, but it's where you just keep talking and talking and yeah, talking. Yeah, like and word talk. vomit. Yeah, that's right. I particularly get it if I'm speaking to a... Attractive person. <laughs> My brain shuts you, down. You feel the pressure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's where I shine. You know, I'm, I, I, that's you know, that's where I, uh, I, I, I. Uh I, I reach my greatest potential. You know, under the, I'm a diamond under pressure, you yeah, could say. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely coal. I crumble. <laughs> that's anyway. awesome. So, okay, so babbling, right? And it's like, okay. But one thing about babbling is it always gets me in trouble. 
Oh, as it does here, yeah. It'll yeah. it'll it'll yeah. bring out the worst. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. You need to, as the Bible says, control the tongue. It's yeah. uh, it can yeah. lead to destruction, yeah. and it can destroy. Uh-huh. It can definitely destroy others. Now, okay, what is this Babylon? What is this confusion that it's talking about, and where does it come from? Well, it finds its roots in the story of the Tower of Babel. So let's go to Genesis chapter eleven. We're going to be reading through the passage there. So Genesis chapter eleven, and we're going to be beginning in verse one: the Tower of Babel. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And con- continue. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Mm-hmm. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from from there over the face of the whole earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Mm. Okay, so we have the story here of the initial migration mm. out of this area of, you know, North Africa, Middle East, whereabouts the Garden of Eden would have been. And then they, they have an, an initial migration. We know Adam and Eve left the garden and the garden was sealed off. Then they have the flood. And then this is, so this is post flood. Uh, they're still what you could call antediluvians because there's one group of them. We know that the antediluvians lived mostly before the flood, but this story comes directly after the flood. There's been some generations that have gone by. A lot of people read this story and they're like, oh man, how could there be that many people to build this great tower if this isn't that long after the flood? And you have to think about the ages that people were living to at this Mm -hmm. time, firstly, and the amount of kids that they could have as a result of those ages. Uh, I've seen some calculations. I've seen some calculations that assume that there could be potentially like hundreds of millions of people living on the earth before the flood. I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but what it shows is the potential for children having. It's like if every single person, again, they're living for, let's say, well, before the flood, they're living for like 900 years. If they, if all of those people just had um, 10 kids and then how many, you know, if yeah. all of them just, yeah. which is very achievable amongst these people now. So there was quite a big group of people here that had developed as they were just, you know, having kids and having kids and having kids. There was rapidly spreading. And so you've got this group and they decide to build a tower. Now, why do they do so? That's the big question. It's like, what's their purpose in building this tower? Would you be able to read verse four for us again? And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Ah, okay. So what are they, what are they trying to achieve here? It sounds like they're trying to be God. <laughs> well, they're building a tower <clears throat> that reaches to the heavens. Yeah. And if it reaches to the heavens, what do they say it, 
then will achieve by you know building this tower. They make a name for themselves. They make a name for themselves, and they will not be scattered abroad in the face of the earth. Now you read through the end of the story, and it's like, well, that was the very thing that caused you to be scattered abroad over the whole mm-hmm. earth. So mm-hmm. sorry, buddy. But think about what story is in the collective imagination of or the collective memory of all of these people. The, the flood. The flood, right? The people living at this time could have gone and talked about people who were literally going, had gone through the flood. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, Shem and Japheth. Like, they could, they could have just talked to those guys. Yeah. Um, and so this idea of flood is, is with them all. And so they band together um, to make a name for themselves, to build a tower that will reach the heavens to oppose this flood because what is the point of the flood okay water came up you know from the bottom of the earth and also from the rain as well that covered the whole earth and then receded they're building a tower here so that they can get through you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and we are going to have our final clue for the quiz. What number am I? Jesus fasted in the wilderness this many days and nights. Wow. Mm. Do you think you could pull this off, Monica? <clears throat> no, absolutely not. <laughs> what if like, you were like forced to? Do you think you would survive it? I don't I don't know. Yeah. I think I could. I think I could do it. I I have a pretty like mid metabolism. Like I'm, you know, like it's it's not yeah, for people with fast metabolism, they're gone. They're like they are just absolutely gone. But you know, I think I could do it. I mean, I do have a lot of uh, like spare supplies packed on my body. <laughs> my body could just break down a few fat cells and eat those. What number am I? Jesus fasted in the wilderness this many days and nights. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Get yourself into the draw to win the uh, music DVD and the jigsaw puzzle that is being drawn on Friday. Mm. And don't forget, on Monday we are drawing the uh, Colin Buchanan. Uh, Family Pass, four tickets uh, for his concert, his 25-year concert. Oh, so good. Monica, if you wanted to make a name for yourself, how do you think you'd go about that? What would be the easiest way to do it? <laughs> That's a really dangerous question. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could be famous by the end of today if I did something really unlawful. Yeah, absolutely. Is it harder to become famous by doing something really good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I- I, I totally he was agree. The guy who 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 shot um, John Lennon, he just did it because he wanted to be famous. Mm. Now he is. I can't remember his name, but let's not let's not perpetuate his fame. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like someone died because of that. That's yeah. that's awful. But yeah, I I, atten- I I I totally know what you mean. To make a name for yourself is much easier by creating controversy and doing right. the wrong thing than doing the right thing. And these guys here, they're like, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Now, firstly, again, who was it who said that, oh, I will be like the most high mm, in the, the devil. It was yeah. Satan, right? So when they were like, I will ascend to the top of the mountain. I will be above the clouds. I'll be like the most high. That's what Satan says. And now the language of those in Babylon here, they're like, we'll be, a, we'll build a tower whose top is in heavens. Now, I'm sure the Burj Khalifa in Dubai is much taller, right? And God isn't knocking it down because it's literally touching heavens. Because also, like, heavens is outside of 
you know, time and space. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's outside of the observable universe in which we can see right now. If we could see the heavens, then that would be, that'd be awesome, but we can't. So, no, it's not that their tower was too tall, but rather the reason they were building this tower that reaches the heavens was to make a name for themselves. That name for themselves will be make, made out of rebellion to God. Because think, think about how controversial that is in their time. Think about it. Like, again, the collective imagination and memory of everyone is God flooded the earth. Yeah. And you are the descendants of, well, we all are, but especially at this time, they are the descendants of the survivors of that flood who they can go and talk to. Think about how countercultural it would be to... Yeah, to to do something like that, to build, to rebel against God in a time where you clearly know his power and his ability to judge the earth. It just seems really, really silly. It seems ridiculous, and sin is always ridiculous. Sin is always silly. There is no justification for sin's existence. God didn't make a sin. Yet these people just do ridiculous stuff, and we see echoes of this today and all kinds of countercultural movements. There is counterculture that I think is good because culture isn't always good, but there's also counterculture counterculture movements that I think are terrible and the counterculture movement which these people are participating is in is rebel against God. Yeah. It's not rebel against an oppressive government, it's not rebel against um a t- terrible regi- regime, it's just <laughs> you know rebel against God. So that is what they're trying to do here by building this tower. And then it says, lest we be scattered over the face of the whole earth. There was definitely a shifting in population and a migration that had already happened as a result of the flood. And they were like, oh, we'll say that that doesn't happen again. We're going to build a tower to be able to survive it within, it says here they're in the plains of Shinar. This was an uh, incredibly fertile area that they grew lots of things. It was, it was, perfect for what they were trying to achieve and they're like oh we don't want to be scattered you know we don't want to go anywhere else we want to stay here and so they build this tower they unite together to build this tower in rebellion against god now is their rebellion successful not at all no it again reveals and demonstrates the power of god that he then scatters them abroad confusing their language and i've seen plenty of like memes and i love the instagram reels like those short videos and it's like two builders working on the tower of babel and they're talking to each other it's like one's like oh hey how you going the other one's like bien y tu and the other guy's like what <laughs> like huh? and then, they, and then they, the other they, they just they're all confused because of the language and then the tower starts coming down you know it would have been such a it would have been such a scene to be in where all of a sudden there is a group of people that you're talking to and then you can't speak their language but then there's some who you know and the group is essentially divided here it's it's a forced grouping and migration that takes place and so this is this is what happens and then god eventually destroys this tower but this is the original example of babylon we're looking at this woman these people are against god are called babylon these people here united in confusion. The Tower of Babel was already called as such before it had been destroyed. They were uniting in confusion and rebellion against God, um, and th- which their, their rebellion was already confused, as we established. It's like the most ridiculous thing ever. Okay, we're going to build a tower so that we can beat the flood and, uh, you know, reach up to the heavens and make a name for themselves. It's a ridiculous idea. There's no one who can stand against God. And think about those people at the end of time who are coming from the exact same 
perspective. Those who are a part of Babylon the Great. What, is, what does Babylon do? Let's go back to Revelation chapter 17, 4 to 6. Do you want to read that again? Do you want to read verse 5 and 6 for us? Revelation 17, verse 5 and 6. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Think about why John is marveling here. John is in heaven. I think he's stunned. By vision, mm-hmm. seeing the greatness and the glory of God. Like the opening scene of the book of Revelation is that he sees Jesus in his high priestly form in the heavenly sanctuary, where Jesus is arrayed with gold and his skin is like burnished brass and his hair is like fiery, like a white fire, like wool. Like he sees Jesus, his eyes are, are like lightning. You know, he sees this form of Jesus, which is insurmountable, unsurpassable, like this ultimate the glory of heaven and the glory of god and then he sees this woman rebelling against god drinking the blood of the martyrs of jesus and 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 you would just be thinking like this is amazing because this rebellion is crazy how can you stand against god Yet they do anyway. And this is the root. This is the heart of confusion that we saw again as Lyle was talking about the wine yesterday and Belshazzar's stand against God. Belshazzar's stand against God was the most ridiculous, dumb thing ever. He convinced himself that he was more powerful than God and God destroyed his city in one night, you know, and wrote on the wall. So that he was so scared to the point where he peed his pants. Like he was not living his best life. When push came to shove, Belshazzar was put in his place. And it's the same thing with this woman here. It's Babylon because it's confusion. The my- it, the mystery is that how could you be so ridiculously confused as to stand against God? And it's the mother of abominations because it's uh, the outcome of its work is doing such, it's doing so. But thankfully, we have a God who is far more powerful. We have a God who is far more amazing than Babylon the Great. And though she drinks of the wine of the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, we know that she'll be eventually destroyed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We've come to the section of the show where we tell you all about what the answer to the quiz was. Yes, well played, everyone. I think almost everyone got it right. The answer to the What Number of My Quiz this morning is 40. So mm-hmm. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebecca. The law stated that Jew could not receive more than 40 lashes being beaten. Uh, it was the 40 days uh, that the spy... The spy sent out by Moses explored the land of Canaan. Uh, it was 40 years that Israelites ate manna and Jesus fasted in the wilderness uh, for 40 days and nights. Mm, absolutely. 0491064669 was the number that you called or texted to answer all those questions correct correctly. It's also the number that you can call or text if you have anything to say about this particular thing that we saw in the Bible and in the quiz and we were asked about as well. Karen said 40, although I thought, that, you know, answering the question correctly, I although I thought that they only gave 39 lashes because the 40th lash would be faithful. Now, this perspective on how many lashes did Jesus get is actually one of 
of speculation within the theological community because the Bible never actually states whether Jesus got 39 lashes, whether he got 40 lashes. It just said says he received lashes. Now, we know from Deuteronomy chapter 25 that in Jewish law, people could receive no more than 40 lashes because of the perspective or the belief that the 40th lash would be faithful, uh, faithful, fatal. Uh, it would take you out. Uh, so that was the perspective that they had. But to... In, in generally, when they were lashing Jews, they would give them 39 as to not be, you know, just to give themselves a little buffer, you know, mm-hmm. just just to make sure they, they weren't getting close to that number. And it was, um, it was Paul who said five times, I received 39, 40 lashes minus one. So he oh, received, okay, yeah. he received 39 lashes. Now, the interesting perspective from, to to view in Jesus' situation is that he wasn't lashed by the Jews. He was lashed by the Romans. Mm. And so he was given lashings, which probably would have been according to to uh to you know their standard of law. But given that it was Roman soldiers doing the lashing within the context of Jerusalem, would have they been as careful to make sure that it was 39 instead of 40 like the Jews were. That's the question that looms over this passage. But regardless, he was sentenced to a certain amount of lashings. He was sentenced to lashings and that lashings would have probably been 40. And so the quiz, you know, asked the question, how many lashes would have Jesus received? It was probably 40. Uh, In the case of, and we know that he was lashed a number of times though. We know that in the case of Paul, um, yeah, he was, he, he says specifically, he was lashed 39 times minus one. In the world, lashings in developed countries in the world, lashings still exist as a punishment. If you didn't know this, if you are, uh, if you get done in Singapore doing certain crimes, the, the, the punishment is lashing. Wow. But it's not 39, it's three. Okay. But still. they lash you once. <laughs> And then they give you a period of time to heal. Ooh. And then they lash you again. Then you give you another period of time of heal and then lash you again. So you get three lashes for in the crimes where lashing is the punishment. It's three. I just want them all at once. Yeah, but they reckon three lashes will kill you. Really? They've got serious whips, bro. Oh. And uh, which is insane. I, I, I was talking to someone one time. I'm like, oh, man, they must have like really hectic whips in Singapore. Because I've heard the, the waiting in between the lashes means it's more painful because the bruises come up. Well, the perspective is that like that I've heard and from another, from a Singaporean cover. is that, oh no, nah, it's just, we're so weak today. This person was a Singaporean <laughs> Christian. They were like, we're just so weak today mm. compared to the Bible times. We can't take more than, than two. So they, they give you one at a time, which is super intense and something that I never want to go to through. So, you know, Hey, if they outlaw, they outlaw the Bible in, uh, in Singapore and you're a missionary over there, you know, sharing God's word, you'll be able to partake in the sufferings of Christ. Praise God, which is pretty intense. Um, you know, but, but hey, that is what's going on. But again, as well, I mentioned that one of the other clues for this quiz is if you go to my Facebook, you'll find exactly what the number oh, yeah, is. Yeah. And Braden actually texted in that he went to, uh, still up on Facebook. I, maybe I need to delete it. It's my old racing page. It's like my old athlete page. And uh, he went on there and found the number, which my old race number was number 40. And like most of my accounts online are Lawson 40. It's just, that's, that's my identifier. Listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And Monica, we've come to the end of the show. What are you going to get up to today? Uh, I'm going to go to work. Uh-huh. Yeah. And? <laughs> and work and work and work. Wait, that's amazing. What, what's your plans for lunch? What are you going to eat? Uh, I'm going to see if there's anything surviving in my fridge. <laughs> 
I love that. That mystery student. Yeah, I'm a woman without a plan. That's powerful. Are you a man with a plan? What are you um, doing today? I guess where I'm going, Monica. Uh, guess. To the library? Yeah, boy. I'm going to work on that straight to the library. 400 words. And Come then, on, dude. You can do this. So going down to the library and then following that, I'm going to, you know, I, I actually I'm going to take a friend to the airport. So, you know. Oh, which airport? To the, the, the Newcastle airport. Well, come visit me. Because uh, you'll be going right, almost right past. What time are you going through? Uh, Probably like 12, midday. Yeah, come for lunch, dude. Oh, we should go for lunch. Yeah. That's really smart, Monica. Uh, dude. You just say good things like a you lot. You bring the food, okay? And remember to go through this day talking faith, living faith, acting faith, and you'll go strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair When the saved on earth shall gather over on the other shore And the roll is called up yonder I'll be there When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of His resurrection share. When His chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the Master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk about His wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.